Hello, hello, and welcome to another installment of the Who's Got Next podcast. I'm your host, Riley Shepard, bringing you you the latest of what's happening in sports and music into one. There's so much to dive into today, so let's jump right into it. Now, this episode's a little special to me because my good friend Chris Perez is joining us today. Now, Chris, tell, tell your fans a little bit about yourself. Hello, hello. Um, I'm also a student at UCF. Uh, I'm majoring in criminal justice. I am from Miami, Florida. And uh, that's it. That's a little bit about me. Now, you said, obviously, you're from Miami. Unfortunately, last night, longtime coach of the Dolphins during their dynasties in the 70s and 80s, Don Shula passed away, the winningest coach in NFL history. Passed away at 90. Now, Chris, um, obviously, knowing you, I know you played football growing up in Miami. How did how did Don Shula kind of pave that for you growing up? So, Don Shula, um, he basically brought that uh, inspiration and that light to football in Miami. Um, because without him, we don't win any of those games and we basically no one has interest in football in Miami and now due to that we have with California Texas um Florida has one of the best um players to go to the NFL for football and everything so he basically paved the way for everybody to want to play football in Miami the same way that LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh did that for basketball when they joined the Heat in 2010. Um, yeah, yeah. Everybody decided to go play basketball once that happened. So once Don Shula started playing or coaching football and winning and winning those back-to-back tam- championships with the undefeated season as well, it really brought interest to the to the sport in the state of Florida and Miami. Yeah, and obviously... Obviously, Florida is up there, like you said, with California, Texas for high school recruits. Yeah. And five-star, four-star recruits coming out. And this year for the NFL, actually, they ha- Miami-Dade County had the most NFL drafts out of any county in the United States. And you, you shine a little bit of light on it, but he was obviously the – he coached the – Perfect 72 Dolphins, the first team to actually go through a complete season, being perfect. Outside of the 07 Patriots, who obviously lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl, where does Don Shula, no bias aside, obviously, being a Dolphins fan, but where does where does he rank in your Mount Rushmore of NFL head coaches with like the likes of Bill Walsh, Vince Lombardi's, the Bill Belichick's? Um, he and my he's definitely in my Mount Rushmore. It'd have to be him, definitely Belichick as well. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Andy Reid. That's a little bit. It might be a surprise for some people. And then Tom Landry, of course, mm-hmm. that would be my top four coaches in the NFL. Yeah. But, and, um, go ahead. No, and I was just gonna say, obviously, they all they all really changed the game. Like like you said, Tom Landry really brought in the he really introduced the West Coast offense too. Um, but why why is Andy Reid 
your number one? Um, he's. I just think he's one of the smartest minds in football. He's um, top ten in wins for um, the NFL as a coach. Um, he just won his first Super Bowl, and I guarantee you he's going to win more than one uh, with Pat- Patrick Mahomes and that team that he created there in Kansas City. Um, he just – and even when he was on the Eagles he with Michael Vick and all these players, he, he, did, he did a great job using their skills and not just – and also developing these players instead of just trying to coach with what other teams have or – um, he like uses what he has and he utilizes them to the best of their ability instead yeah. of just trying to get the best players on the market he develops these players to what he needs them to do yeah and um, just to shine a little bit more light on Bill Belichick how obviously losing Tom Brady this season do you think if the Patriots have a big drop off for the next few years, do you think that's going to diminish his legacy at all? I think I think it will. Yeah. I think 100% it will because everybody's going to believe that Tom Brady that he was riding the Tom Brady train. But I also believe that if Belichick keeps winning, it was just going to further solidify his position as the best coach in history, as well as it, it might diminish Tom Brady's legacy a lot. If who, Tom Brady doesn't, who, who do you think? Who do you think will? It'll whose whose legacy do you think it'll hurt more? If either of them, obviously Tom Brady with the Bucks now and Bill Belichick still in in New England, who do you think it'll hurt more? I, I think mostly Belichick because okay. Tom Brady's forty two, so there's only so much you can do at forty two years old. Um, He's not at his best times anymore. He, he, father time has gotten the best of him. Um, so that's why I think Belichick will definitely be hurt more if he starts losing for more than two to three years. Okay, and uh, to transition into a little, into something a little bit less upsetting. Obviously, episodes five and six of The Last Dance aired last night. Leading up to the episode, it was obviously you got to see the snippets of Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant, being featured on this episode. And episode four kind of ended with the Bulls going into the All-Star break. Episode five started at the 1998 All-Star game. That was Kobe's first. Eventually ended up being MJ's last All-Star game. Kobe ended up being is obviously the youngest player to ever be in an all-star game. It's very emotional, emotional for me, obviously growing up as a basketball player, idolizing Kobe the same way he did for MJ uh, being the closest thing to MJ we've ever seen. How did you kind of view this episode with, MJ kind of throwing jabs at Kobe, at the, the entire East locker room, really calling him like that little Laker boy and saying that he's going to try to take everybody one-on-one. How did you kind of view MJ doing that? I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I, I don't think 
he MJ meant it in a way where he was trying to diminish who Kobe Bryant was or the player that he is. Um, I just think that he was just joking around that he's a young, a young boy trying to improve or not improve but impress everybody and uh, trying to get the best of everybody. But I, I don't think that he just meant it as uh, that he was a try harder or something like that. Yeah, no, I I definitely thought I definitely watched it as more of MJ kind of like seeing the younger version of himself because. Yeah, like, MJ, at the beginning of his career, everybody just viewed him as a scorer and not a team player. And you kind of saw that throughout the game. Like, you saw the clips of Kobe saying to MJ, oh, like, that was a nice move. Like, and MJ saying to him, like, if you need anything, don't be afraid to ask. Yeah, and what's crazy um, that I saw actually on social media was that Kobe Bryant wasn't even a starter on the Lakers that year. Yeah. Um, he was just voted in by by fans, and I think that's pretty crazy. And what are the odds that it's MJ's last and Kobe's first? Yeah. And, that, and they're so similar in how they play. Yeah, and it, it really was – it really was crazy to see just how similar their movements were during the game and how Kobe, like – kind of mirrored not only in his play style but in his tenacity and intensity on the floor yeah and like you you saw Trey Young Trey Young tweeted after like I really I really wish Kobe would have been here to see this and Kobe Kobe obviously idolized MJ growing up and that's now how now for kids our age obviously teenagers and players today are doing the same that MJ that Kobe did for MJ they're doing the same for Kobe now and for this gr- generation growing up who do you who do you see as being that kind of player for young kids to mold their game after like LeBron, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. Um, it's a toss-up. I think uh, it's a toss-up between Stephen Curry and LeBron James because um, I really do think that kids are more intrigued in in how Stephen Curry's play style and the flashy three-pointers pulling up from half court. I think they're more intrigued in that. So I would think that kids are modeling their game more towards how Curry plays instead of the hard-nosed, driving-to-the-basket type of uh, play style like LeBron James. I do think that LeBron is um, the idol of sports like MJ was. Um, He won't be as big as Michael Jordan was because Michael Jordan was really the person to bring basketball into the world, and everybody knew him as the basketball star. Um, But I do think... Kids, kids who know basketball will try to model the game um, like Steph Curry, but people will always remember who LeBron James is. And I think he's the biggest sports star in um, these past two decades. Yeah, and you really, you really see that now, how important, how important the three ball is becoming in basketball now. And 
Yeah, no, like I completely agree. Steph, as soon as he really started to become a face in basketball, you see all these kids, young kids, pulling up from half court, like, and I can no, I completely agree because now obviously guys like Trey Young and all these, not even well, yeah, like undersized players for the NBA are making the three making threes so important to their game and that really that really just shows how basketball can become really you don't need to be a freak athlete to play basketball anymore like lebron because lebron can lebron really is a hard person not as a person per but as a player it it is hard to look up to LeBron because not everybody's six eight, two seventy, has a forty eight inch vert. But yeah, he's he's a man. He's, <laughs> he's a different type of he's a different type of breed. Yeah, and Steph Curry is somebody that anybody can become really on the basketball floor. Yeah, and uh, it's just like the volume of three point shots now. Like back then, when Jordan and all these legends back then played uh, the three-point shot was considered a bad shot now pulling up from the coach's line is considered a good shot yeah and no like yeah exactly and that's why that's why i think the goat the goat to pay debate really is is it's impossible to measure because the three-point shot back then was hardly a part of the game and now, who knows who what Jordan could have been in in the game today? You know, adapting the three. And this is Ron. You know, if Jordan if Jordan would have played in today's NBA, I definitely think he would have gotten one or two more championships because there's no way he faces the bad boy Pistons and he gets mauled like that. No, and that that's like how when that episode was airing, it was any of those fouls of bad boy Pistons would have committed. Would have gotten them all ejected out of the game. Yeah, this... and then and then people are saying that if LeBron was in that era with the Bad Boy Pistons, that he would have gone destroyed or he would have gotten beat up. But LeBron six eight two seventy. Uh, I don't. He, he's bigger than everybody on that team. I don't think he. I think he can hold his own against those players. Yeah, and the, <laughs> yeah, I I think personally, I think LeBron would have adapted to the game in the 80s and 90s a lot faster than Jordan would have but that doesn't take away from either of their their greatness I think yeah. I think LeBron, I think Jordan Jordan would have would have taken the three-point shot and thrived and I think I think he would have been the leading scorer in the NBA no question about it but LeBron like with his athleticism, would have it, it would have been the same thing. He would have thrived in the nineties too. Yeah. All right. Transitioning back to the NFL. Early last week, Jameis Winston finally signed a deal with the Saints. Last year he became he was the first player in NFL history to throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in a season. Drew Brees. Going into the season, obviously, as a starting quarterback, 
But being 41 years old, he's under contract until 2022. Becomes an unrestricted free agent. At that time, he's going to be 43 years old. If he retires, could you see Jameis Winston being the heir to Drew Brees in New Orleans? Um, I I see Jameis Winston starting or playing <coughs> right away. I think uh, next next year, I think he might be the the starter there. I think Drew Brees has a major fall off like Payne Manning did when um in his last season in Denver where he, he couldn't even throw the ball 20, 25 yards, 30 yards. Um, I don't think t- Drew Brees plays out his contract. I think he's him as well as Tom Brady. They, they're on their last leg. Um, <clears throat> but with Jameis Winston throwing 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, man, that's, that's insane. Um, with Sean Payton and that offense, and ha- obviously having Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas helps out a little bit too. Um, I, I think Jameis Winston does succeed. I don't think he – I think he might be that type of quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick where he's flashy sometimes and then sometimes he hurts you. Or this new eye surgery that he just had could make him see <laughs> – see the light <laughs> make him throw 35 touchdowns and only throw 10 picks and l- so l- like sure. you said you could definitely see you could definitely see the flashes in Jameis Winston and the potential and he obviously threw 30 inter- interceptions but he threw almost 5,000 yards as well which he definitely he has potential and I could see Drew Brees and Sean Payton being huge benefits and he may never be live up to the hype being number one overall pick coming out of Florida State but if he can just get his career back in the driver's seat because it was so hard for him to find a contract and yeah and also um, he's only 26 years old right mm-hmm. now so like He's he's he still has four or five good years of football left in him, at least. At least, yeah. Because look at Drew Brees and Tom Brady playing till forty two, forty three. Yeah, and obviously going in, going into the NFL, being especially being a quarterback, most of these young kids struggle heavily in their first couple of years, um, but. I, I think just being in Tampa wasn't a good situation for him. I think New Orleans could de- could benefit him greatly. And like, like you said, um, Drew Brees, two years left in the tank, or two years left on his contract. You, you said you, you could see this year being his last real beneficial year. In the NFL, why why do you say why do you say that? And who do you see having a greater or more more beneficial year to their team? Him, Drew Brees, or Tom Brady? Uh, definitely Drew Brees this year. Mm-hmm. 
I, I definitely think the Saints may get to that the NFC uh, conference championship. I I don't know if Tom Brady could wheel a, a long playoff run like he's done in the past. Um, I I think Tom Brady is definitely washed. He he can go out and prove me wrong, go win the Super Bowl. But right now, in this moment in time, I definitely think Tom Brady's washed. I I don't I think he's like Payne Manning holding on to that last thread, just wanting to see if he can win one more championship. And I think this is this is a year that Drew Brees has, like Tom Brady had a season like. Tom Brady had that the season that just passed, and he wasn't doing too well. I think Drew Brees has that season this year where you can notice there's a drop-off now. He's not what he was before. I think the shoulder injury starts catching up to him a little bit. Um, so, Do you see, even though we, I shined on it a little bit last week, what do you, what do you see as Gronk's impact? For the Bucks this year, because I I don't think he's gonna, I don't even think he's gonna be an every down player. Because obviously, the Bucks, OJ Howard, Cameron Bray, they're deep at tight end. What do you see as being Gronk's impact? Because I really just see him as well, maybe an extra target out there, maybe a red zone threat. I think I think um I don't think OJ Howard stays on the Bucks. Um, really, all the way through the first week of um, the regular season, because they they've been shopping him a little bit. But um, I do think Rob is going to become a top five tight end this season. Really, I, mean, I think Rob he's a freak of nature. He's same thing like LeBron. Guy, he can run fast, huge, and he catch the ball. I mean, he he's a freak of nature too. I I, I definitely think that. Rob Gronkowski has a productive year this year, hmm. and I like I just don't see because like, Tom Brady's obviously forty one or whatever he he is now. I could see them easily keeping all three tight ends, along with obviously Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, just to have as many yeah. targets as possible for Tom Brady, because. In New England, he obviously had Edelman, Amendola for a while, but but he's never really been surrounded with this many legitimate weapons. And yeah, why not? Well, I don't know. Why not take advantage of it? In my opinion, because he's not the same player he was five years ago, but he's still could easily be or still is a productive quarterback. I don't know. Yeah, um this is this is probably one of the best offenses he's been a part it's of. Gonna be, it's gonna be it's gonna be so Chris fun Godwin, to watch. Mike Evans, uh Rob Murkowski, Cameron Bray, and OJ Howard as of now. Um they just beefed up that O line. Um so I this this man, could be this could be one of the best offenses we've seen in a while, if they keep on to all these guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I hate to compare it again to Peyton Manning, but like when Peyton Manning had the Marius Thomas, Eric Decker, uh, CJ Anderson, and um, 
Man, what's the, what was that tight end? He signed. He signed with Miami. I forgot his name. Oh, uh, besides the point. Besides the point. But no, I know exactly what you're trying to compare them to. Yeah, that that offense was, that offense was insane. He had, I think, Peyton Manning had like 50 touchdowns that year, 55 touchdowns that year. So. When when people thought he was going to take a huge drop off, and yeah. I mean that's just what you have to do when. When you have an aging quarterback, it doesn't mean even if they their athleticism or skill has gone down a notch or two, you if you surround them with the right weapons, they can be just as productive. Obviously, on the other hand, with guys younger guys like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, they they can make the plays, but. Yeah, when you're getting up there in age, you need other guys to do that for you. Yeah. Oh, and I found his name, Julius Thomas. Oh, Julius. Yeah, yeah. And they also had Wes Welker on that team. So that that offense was some. That offense was just one of the best offenses. I remember that Super Bowl was the Seahawks versus the Broncos. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, that this this offense. Could easily, in my opinion, lead them to a Super Bowl, and yeah. at least compete. Definitely compete with the Saints in the in the NFC South. Another thing that, ha- yeah, that happened earlier last week: NCAA finally allowing athletes to make money off of their name, starting in twenty twenty one, starting in the fall in twenty twenty one. That includes third-party endorsements, social media, businesses, and personal appearances. This happened not even a day after Jalen Green, seen by as many as the number one recruit, basketball recruit in 2020, became the latest player to sign with the G League's memorabilia contract, which guarantees him $500,000 next season. And makes him eligible for the 2021 NBA draft. He's following the footsteps in other five-star recruits, Isaiah Todd, Nadation Nix. This, this is very interesting to me. Probably the most interesting story last week. Because NCAA finally moving forward with paying student-athletes. I, I saw this as them realizing because they are obviously losing the number one recruit in 2020 and Jalen green. Yeah. What, like, how did, how did you view this? Because this could be very like for next year for college basketball, this could, this is going to hurt them losing three, five star recruits. I think, I think the NCA panicked. I think uh, they finally realized that these players do need to get paid for the the physical um what they what they put their bodies through. They have to get paid for. I mean, some of these players could get a torn ACL or something on their freshman year and not live up to the hype that they they once had and get their scholarship taken away and then. They're back at square one, and they they shouldn't have to go to that. They should have 
should be paid for something for putting their bodies to the line when these players are making man twenty five percent of the the revenue for the school with with selling out tickets and and games and jerseys even though they don't even have their name on the back of the jersey just having that number that sells tickets that sells that sells jerseys you know uh, I definitely think that NCA panicked and it's gonna move forward and you know maybe one day um, in the future we can have NCA uh, the football game back that that was another thing they were actually talking about bringing back was NCAA college football and which anybody growing up playing it obviously misses it um, but they obviously had to stop it because of the licensing rules with players and yeah. I actually have a question for you because I know you had you had the chance to play college football but if you were one of these players like Jalen Green, Dacian Nix, Isaiah Todd what would you do would you sign to one of these basketball powerhouses the Dukes, North Carolinas, Kansases if you had the chance to make money while you were playing off of your name or would you go the G League route and sign to a contract for up to $500,000 and then be able to get drafted the next year. If so you're saying if the NCA were able to pay me, yeah. what would I do? What would you yeah, what uh um man I definitely don't think I'd be making $500,000 <laughs> going to a college, so I'd have to go to the G League. I mean, that's where I'll get the most for what I'm putting my body through. I mean, yeah, and I could also it's it's an easier transition. I see better competition. Um, yeah, I'd have to go with the G League route, even though uh, you love college, you love the the atmosphere, the student section, all, all of that. Um, these players are are looking for the future, not for the present. Yeah, and that, I I would agree. Being if I was as highly touted as Jalen Green, who's already projected to be the number one pick in the 2021 draft. And you, everybody, if, if you're him, you know that. You know going to college, you're just going to basically solidify that you're getting taken number one a year later. You're not there for the academics here. But if you're a lower recruited player, I definitely see the benefit in going to college to because for example, John Morant. John Morant wasn't a highly recruit highly recruited out of high school. Murray State was his only school yeah. that offered him, but a year later becomes a number two draft or picking that in the draft. And Yeah, like the same thing with Dwayne Wade. He was only recruited, I think, by Marquette. And he uh, he went there, and then he became the fifth overall pick. Yeah, and it you really just have to you would really just have to weigh your options if you're one of these players. What could be more beneficial to to you? It, it, it's a tricky situation. Yeah, it's a tricky situation. Because either way, you risk a lot. Because. For any of these guys, an injury, like you said, could could end their career just like that. 
and take away everything they've worked for. But if my I I don't blame Jalen Green one bit for signing that contract because it obviously it obviously helps him get his name out there, make even more money from endorsements, sneakers, which was another part of the of the NCAA allowing athletes to make money. Shoes isn't going to be a part of that, which I thought was really interesting because especially with Zion doing wreaking havoc on on Nike's um Nike's um stocks after the whole thing that happened last year with him blowing that shoe up most of these high like highly highly recruited athletes are getting shoe deals as soon as they get out of college so I just thought it was a little odd that they didn't allow the student athletes to make money off of shoes because that as an NBA player that's one of the biggest biggest bonuses is signing these mega mega shoe deals yeah I mean like Zion just signed like that huge contract of uh well it was Nike right He's like he's whatever shoe it was. He signed that huge contract, and that that's I, he might be making more money off that contract than he does from his rookie contract. So, shoes are a big part of what these uh, prospects are a part of, and um, the fact that these college players can be paid off of that from the shoe deals because that's what the main endorsements are for them. Yeah, and players. Zion, yeah, Zion's contract with, it was with Jordan actually, was five years, $75 million. In comparison yeah, to his he's rookie deal, more... that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, the fact that they're making more money off a shoe deal after their salary in the NBA is insane. No, and definitely talking about college football, the endorsements definitely aren't as big as a part of it, as a part of the player's brand, but that doesn't take away that from the fact that college football brings in more revenue than any other sport by far. Oh, yeah. College football is um, a huge thing. I mean, football is also America's sport. I, I, I always believe it will be. Um but also to touch up on sponsorships and all that, um, it's much harder for football players to be marketed due to the fact that they're consistently wearing a helmet marketed out as much as basketball players can. Um, also, with, bas- with shoes, basketball shoes you could go and wear anywhere. You could go to the movie theater with them, but with football shoes or football cleats, um, you can't you can't go wearing them to a movie theater or to a friend's house. Uh, that just it's just not right. Um, so that's why it's these basketball endorsements are are much easier, much more marketable, and uh, m- much more money than what these football endorsements are. Because uh, it might seem like these football players don't get endorsements, but they they definitely do get endorsements. They're just not as big, not as much money given out for these endorsements or contracts. And uh, um, that's why you, you mostly see these basketball players 
and even sometimes these baseball players on these um, endorsements or these commercials, like State Farm, um, like Chris Paul, yeah, um, because these football players aren't really known like that, and there's not as much room for these play football players. Do you and, do you think do you think this will help? not only football players to get their name out there even more, but maybe the less, not to take a uh, jab at any of these other sports that just aren't as big, maybe like baseball, track and field, swimming, tennis, golf. Do you think this will benefit these players to become more popular in America's eye? I I don't see any sport getting more popular from this, but and I don't see any of these players getting more popular from this. I mean, I just it's it's hard. Um, they're don't don't get me wrong. They're they're probably amazing athletes, amazing people, but it's just America is very set on three to four sports. Yeah. And that's that's just how it's always going to be. I mean, uh, baseball is going down tremendously right now. Um, for the past couple of years, baseball's ratings have been going down, not even going up. They just, they've been going down. So right now it's just it, it, these people that are known or marketed or, or known by the, the country or by the, the social media aspect of it, um, it's only going to be football, basketball players, and some some of these Olympic athletes, like for example Michael Phelps, that will everybody will know. But as for like softball or um, other et cetera, other sports that aren't as big, it, it's going to be difficult for these players. I mean, um, I, I'm not really sure how the NCAA is going to do it, where um, these players get paid because. Um, it is true, football and basketball. Football m- m- mostly brings in all the revenue, way more revenue than any other sport, definitely. Um, I'm not really sure which athletes will get more money, which sports will get more money. Um, then there's a whole different political aspect of it as well. So it's just it's really complicated with these athletes and these sports. Yeah, and – it's definitely going to take some time for the NCAA to really figure out the most beneficial way to go about this. But I think in time, it's going to lead more, more athletes to stay in school longer instead of opting to go pro early in their college education after a year or two. But... They're going to figure it out. We'll see how how it pans out. Now, going into probably the most surprising thing that happened Friday, which was Drake surprisingly releasing Dark Knight, Dark Lane demo tape, <clears throat> which is 13, 14, 14 song tra- mixtape with features from Future, Playboy Cardi. What was your opinion about it before I talk about mine? 
Um, it's, I mean, it's just um, a bunch of tracks put up, put together just to put on music. But I definitely think it, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. I think it's, if I had to give it a rating out of 10, be a 7 out of 10. My favorite tracks would definitely be um, From Florida With Love um, and then uh, Chicago Freestyle. Those songs were definitely, quote unquote, a banger for me. But um, yeah, those, those that's my take on the, yeah, on the album. I I probably agree with you with the rating. And it, it wasn't an album, definitely not an album, because some of these were songs that were already leaked before, like Desires, Song of the Future. I had heard a few months before, so. I think I think a seven yeah. out of ten was perfect to give it. Um, I I just hope that this isn't the last of Drake that we're going to be seeing this summer. All he always tends to drop drop a summer banger. So so yeah, and then Playboy Cardi as well. Uh, I'm not saying it was the worst part. I mean, it is what we've been waiting for Cardi for a long time. Been hoping for something to drop, but um, Cardi didn't. He, uh, I mean, after you listen to it for a couple of times, it, it gets better. But it wasn't the best thing in the <laughs> world. <laughs> no, and that that was another. Yeah, like his the features were kind of disappointing. The song with Future and Young Thug, uh, D. Pharrell, it's also kind of disappointing. Pain, Pain, nineteen ninety three was the one with Cardi. I, I don't know. Just it was just really, <laughs> really not what I wanted out of a Drake album. What um, what what is your favorite Drake album of all time? That's a there a tough one. There's a lot. Um, man, I mean, it ha- I really can't go wrong lie. with any of them. Any of his older it's, ones. It's a toss up. It's a toss up before be, uh, between more life and scorpion. Um, ah, man, I, it's just more. Ah, it has to be more life. More life just has like that different vibe to it um like songs like blem that it's just like a vibe um like kind of like a beach vibe you know type yeah of, that type of drake and then songs like portland sacrifices yeah and then scorpion is also very good it's uh it has non-stop uh i'm upset mob ties um and then he also dropped it as two albums. One is him rapping, and then the other one more of his R and B type of flow. So well, you can't go wrong. With you really, them, you know? yeah, no, you couldn't really go wrong. Like if you wanted, if you wanted Simp Drake, you had it. If you wanted, <laughs> if you wanted, what yeah. a time to be alive, Drake. You had that. No, and yeah, this. I I think this was just him kind of getting some songs out there. Just to just to give yeah, people what they him. want. 
Yeah, because it's been it's gonna be two years this summer since he last dropped his last project. Yeah. So. And yeah, no, that's that's true. Like, hopefully, 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 this is not the last we've seen out of Drake for a while. Because we all we all love whatever whatever banger he Drake he drops over the summer. Yeah, uh, always. <laughs> I also hope that Cardi somehow figures out a way to drop his music. I mean, it's uh, we just have to hope and pray to God that maybe one day he he'll feel <laughs> courtesy to drop his album. Just finally dro- waiting for a whole lot of red. And outside, outside of Playboy Cardi, there are so many possible albums dropping this month. Obviously. Lil Baby dropped the deluxe version of my turn. I yeah. do you because I think I think Lil Baby this is gonna be his decade. Wow, that's a bold statement. What, what do you that's a bold statement? He even though his his rise has been really quick. Every album that he's dropped has been consistent banger after banger. <laughs> My turn. I even though Eternal Take had more hype, I think they're very even with how good they were. I I just think people were waiting for eternal to take to drop for so long but this is going to be little baby's decade 10 years of little baby i don't know if i can handle that who <laughs> i just don't see i don't see any artist being the artist of the decade i mean there's nothing like a drake there's nothing like a little wayne anymore um i don't see any of these artists really taking that throne like that um Man, if if who do you who who in your opinion could be the next Lil Wayne Drake? Because there there are quite a few in my eyes outside of Lil Baby. I could even the, even though he's not he's been in the game for such a short amount of time. Polo G could be another one that I could see. Take if I had to choose one. I'd have to go with Roddy Rich. Okay. That yeah, like no, that that's that's another one I could easily see being yeah. the top artist of the decade. Because yeah. if you really listen to what they're saying, they're not mumble like none of these guys are mumble rappers by any means. Yeah. That's all Cardi. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think we're definitely out of that era. If you if you follow music, we're definitely out of that era where mumble rappers are are more of the popular ones out there. And yeah. I'd have to say also, um, sorry to interrupt, but I also have to say I think Travis Scott might be that one. I think Travis Scott might be the Drake this decade. Outside of or no, and Travis Scott, I I know people 
I've never been a huge Travis Scott fan. Obviously, Astroworld had had bangers on it. And I know there are the people that absolutely love him. But I just don't see him being that kind of influence figure and like dropping consistent consistent music because even though he just dropped that song with with kid cuddy it's absolute banger but he's just never been somebody that's consistently dropped music and meaning like i think that's now and like here and there but I mean, I think that if you drop too many albums, you kind of, like, let your music be forgotten or let your music be underappreciated. So I think the way that Lil Uzi and Travis and Playboy Cardi, well, Playboy Cardi to an extent, but, like, how these artists drop music, like Drake, they drop music once every two years, one year. They don't just put out albums like, like Little Baby or uh, NBA Young Boy. The, these guys are just dropping music, dropping music, dropping music, and you know, you're gonna get those two to three songs in every album that are good. But man, like I, I think every Travis Scott album, every song for at least in my opinion, is a is is a great song. I mean. Every song I add on the album, every song I listen to in the album, and I don't get... I, there's not one song on Little Uzi's albums or Travis Scott's albums or Play With Cardi's albums that I skip over. Not one. Yeah, and I think Travis Scott is definitely... Same with Drake. I mean, you saw how big this last album... Even, even though, in our opinion, it was lackluster, but people still listen to it as soon as it dropped and i think travis scott kind of even though i'm not the biggest fan of him people still anticipate when he drops music more than anybody which is a good no that's a really good point is that they're probably to the top two same with Lil uzi that people just anticipate and can't wait until they drop music and even if the album or song yeah. or whatever is garbage, like, yeah, they still sell. And they still sell. I think Dark Lane Demo Tape sold 255000 this past weekend, which was yeah. really close. I think it was a little bit below Eternal Take. But, and, yeah. but outside of that, a bunch of other albums hopefully dropping in May. We have Chris Brown, Young Thug, dropping an album. Nav dropping Good Intentions May 8th, which I'm really hyped for. Gun is dropping an album hopefully in May. 21 Savage. That's, that's another artist. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to be saying is uh, uh, Playboy Cardi. Hopefully dropping whole lot of red, twenty one savage and Mecca <laughs> booming. Hopefully dropping savage in mode two. Which one are you the most excited for dropping in May? 
Uh, definitely has to be Nav. I mean, a lot of people do not like Nav. I think out of the 10 friends that I have back here at home, I think I'm the only one that likes Nav. Um, every time I try to put Nav on the car, <laughs> they, t- they tell me to turn it off. But I, I, I absolutely love his flow. I love his features. Um, <clears throat> the Reckless album was really good to me. Um, I, I like Gunna. I really do. But I think he kind of has the same flow in every song. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really switch up his flow. Um, and 21 Savage's album, of course. Uh, he, he's always good for two or three hits on his albums as well. Um, but if I had to choose one, uh, if I had to choose one, uh, it'd have to be Nav's album. Nav, I completely agree, is so slept on. And with all yeah. these artists out right now, he's definitely one of the most slept on. Especially, like you said, with Reckless. Reckless was such an underrated album. And yeah. this... I, I haven't seen the features. I don't know if he's released the features for this album, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are like features from like Drake, Lil Baby, any of these way, way bigger yeah. artists, which this might be the time that people actually start appreciating him. Yeah, and like I, I I really thought that people would understand or would know or appreciate Nav with his perfect timing album, but um, it it kind of fell through the cracks. Even though it's one of the best albums, I, in my opinion, it has a bunch of songs that are really good on that album. But um, yeah, maybe maybe this one next album really puts him on the map for a global stage to know him. And I know I know you're a big Playboy Cardi fan. But we heard his feature on Drake. We heard meh. His his one <laughs> single that's dropped from Whole Lot of Red. Were both were both of these as yourself being a Playboy Cardi fan, were they disappointing? Um I'd have to say At Me was not that disappointing. I actually after listening to it to a couple times and in different settings, it, it was, it, it sounded much better and it, it was catchy and it was, it was, it was fun to listen to, but, uh, man, uh, pain 1993. I mean, I, I love Playboy Cardi. I'm a diehard fan. Uh, I, I, I got his back over anybody, <laughs> any artist, but it, it's hard to get his back on that one. Man. It, it's hard to, <laughs> to kind of protect him. And, I haven't I haven't seen the track list for whole lot of red yet. But what uh he hasn't dropped you, that on What are so. you anticipating for this album? As far as features, as far as as far as just overall how many bangers are gonna be in it? I'm look, I'm fine with no features. No features. I'm fine with you no think features. He's gonna go J. Cole fine go platinum that. with no features. I don't think he will, but I'm just saying I'm I'm I just want the album. I mean I, he hasn't flopped on his two albums that he's dropped. He hasn't flopped. So but I am going to say this, if Playboy Cardi does flop on this album, I think he falls off big time. Falls off big. Time. That's a bold take. I think I think 
it's just he's anticipating so 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 many people are anticipating this album and if it flopped everybody's just gonna be like wow this is disappointing like why why do i even listen to this guy so i do think if he flops on this it's gonna be a, a major hit for his career that that's a bold take because there there are a lot of diehard cardi fans do you you still don't see would you would you be as big as a cardi fan if this album flops oh man yeah of course i will but like I won't be as excited as I am for new music from him. I won't. I won't be counting down the days until an album drops for him. I'll just be like, "Oh, he dropped an album. All right, I'll listen to it." But I won't be like how I am with Uzi right now. Oh my gosh, Eternal Take. Oh my gosh, new album, Love Is Rage. Uh, like, it, it's. It just won't be the same. That. Okay, and that. That that is definitely a bold bold take, uh, coming from a diehard Cardi fan. But <laughs> but that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining this episode. Thank you for having me, sir. That's all the time we have for today. I'm Riley Shepard with the Who's Got Next podcast. We will see you next week.